Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. We are continuing in the book of Acts. We're looking at this series called Sent. Um, It's looking at the early church. And um, today we're looking at the first Christian martyr. And, and we're looking at a guy named Stephen who we've been talking about for quite a while now. And we're going to look at his posture towards his enemies and towards death. But before we get into the passage, if you remember last week, we talked about Stephen's famous speech. And basically, he, he's in front of a Jewish council and he's, he's calling out their sin and, and they're also, he accused them of killing their own Messiah. And so these guys are really angry. And so this passage picks up immediately after that. And if you didn't listen to last week's sermon, go back and listen. It'll give us some context for why these guys are so angry today. So if you have a Bible, um, open to chapter 7 of Acts, verses 54 to 60. We are using the CSB translation. Uh, it's a translation we love. You can get it on your phone. You can get an app on your, your iPad or your phone too. So starting at verse 54. When they heard these things, they were enraged and gnashed their teeth at him. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They yelled at the top of their voices, covered their ears, and together rushed against him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down, cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And after saying this, he fell asleep. So we're starting today off with some really angry people. So angry that they're actually gnashing their teeth. And I think for Stephen, he could probably see in the eyes of these people that this would be the last sermon he would ever preach. There's lots of things I think we can look at in this passage, but today I want us to, to look at three postures that Stephen had in the face of opposition and in the imminent face of his death. And it's these three things. He had a posture of surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. He had a posture not to fear death. And he had a posture of forgiveness. And then later on, we're going to see how these are actually all postures that point us to the cross. But first, Stephen has a posture of surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We see that in verses 55 to 56. It says, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But here's the question. In evaluating your own posture, have you surrendered yourself to the will of the Father and the leading of the Holy Spirit? And as I personally reflected on that question, I realized that's actually a pretty terrifying question. Why? Because I think it's, it's threatening. Let's back up for a moment. Look at Stephen. For weeks, we've talked about this man named Stephen who is full of the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? We know that there's some, some mystery 
to the Holy Spirit. We don't necessarily know where he's going to go or where he's going to lead us or what he's going to do. But here's what we do know. That the Holy Spirit works in us, on us, and through us. That the Holy Spirit will give boldness and courage. And we've seen that all through Acts as the Holy Spirit has filled people. They've given them like supernatural courage and boldness. The Holy Spirit will will lead you towards the the Father's will. We know that, that he's in perfect submission with the Father and that he will do what the Father is calling him to do. And he'll also point us to Jesus. We know that the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. And if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you know that, that the Holy Spirit convicts us. And we know that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And, we, and I think we're going to see a picture of that today. So if we look at Stephen's posture, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He was fully surrendered to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And what did that mean for him? That meant preaching a passage or a sermon that would get him stoned. And I think that's maybe why we have a hard time answering that question. Have you surrendered yourself to the the will of the Father and the leading of the Holy Spirit? Because what if he asks me to do something like that? What if he asks me to do something really hard? So let's maybe just, let's contextualize that a bit. What if God asks me to give up my dream job to serve him? What if God asks me to leave my city to go to a new town? What if God asks me to move to an unreached tribe in the jungle to preach the gospel to a new people? What if God asks me to give up my hard-earned money? What if God asks me to give up my house? What if God asks me to do something that I don't want to do? When you surrender yourself to God's will, and the leading of the Holy Spirit. He may ask you to do something. He may ask you to give something up. And here's been my experience. He, he will probably ask you to do something that will take the most amount of faith in him to do. Where if you don't have the Holy Spirit giving you courage and boldness, it seems impossible. He also may ask you to give up the things that you hold the tightest. It could be that thing that you're, you're thinking about right now that's saying, I'll follow God as long as you don't take this away. But then that never allows us to fully allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. And chances are that's probably the idol in your life. And that's the thing that's probably holding you back from following God's leading. But here's the thing about surrendering and being led by the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit will always point you to something better. But sometimes I think our idols blind us to that better. And and what that better is, is Jesus. He will point you to Jesus. And we see that if you look in verse 55, it says, Stephen saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Could you imagine for a moment? You're about to die for your faith. And the Holy Spirit just gives you a glimpse of what is to come. Where Jesus is saying, you just wait. Bear the next few moments and you will be with me where there is no pain, there is no suffering, there's no sin. But instead you'll be fully immersed in the love of God and all his glory and all his wonder. And then for Jesus to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant, 
I couldn't imagine a greater affirmation for any human. And the reality is true because Stephen's posture was in full submission to the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit pointed him to Jesus. And so the question for you, have you or are you willing to have a posture of submission towards God where you don't know what's to come? If you look at, at disciples, Jesus called, they all just dropped everything and went. That's a scary thing to do. But the Holy Spirit is always going to point you to something better. And that better is Jesus. No matter your circumstance, no matter your pain, no matter your call that God um, calls on your life, he's going to give you the strength to do it. And he's going to give you the eyes to see Jesus. And if your posture is yes, the Holy Spirit will be with you, will help you, and will constantly remind you of Jesus. So that was the first posture. The second posture that Stephen has is not fearing death. Do you fear death? The fear of death, I, th I think, is a pretty like, relatable thing for everybody. Nobody wants to die, and nobody wants to go through the process of dying. Before I moved to Cologne, I worked in a, in a church in Salmon Arm, and we had a, a big building, and because of that, we hosted a lot of funerals. And, and one of the things I'd get asked to do all the time was sound mixing for it. And I'd realized funeral after funeral after funeral, I came to this, this realization that I'm not going to live forever. And I think every young person eventually gets to that point where it's like, we're not immortal. There is an end. There, death is, is coming fast. And what I learned about death is that it's never for you. It's always against you. It is at war with you. And you cannot escape it. It's your enemy. And scripture tells us that death is our enemy. It was introduced, the fall of, of, hum, of humankind, and, and there's a sting to death. We've all lost someone. We know the sting of death. It's not natural. It wasn't supposed to be like that. But there's one of two things we can do when, when we approach death. We can either fear death or we can believe that Jesus conquered death. So if you look at verse 59, it says, While they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Those are fascinating words right there. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. You know what he didn't say? Jesus, save me from this death. Jesus, stop these people from killing me. Jesus, don't let me die. Here's the thing. If you notice, he didn't even mention death. He doesn't even acknowledge death. Why? Because I think there's something he's declaring in that moment by not mentioning death, that it's powerless. Death will not separate us from Christ. Paul says in Romans 8.38, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Death has no power. It doesn't have the power to separate us from Christ. And because Jesus conquered death, we know that because Jesus resurrected. We believe that. He declared his victory and defeat over death. So Stephen has his eyes fixed 
on Jesus in the face of death. And he's saying death has no power. And that though I die, I'm not separated from Christ. I'm actually going to be resurrected with him. So Jesus, receive my spirit because Jesus is waiting on the other side. So why do we fear death? Because I think we forget who our hope is in. Jesus is the conqueror of death. I'm always surprised when I hear a non-Christian say, yeah, I don't fear death. Just live your best life now and and you're just going to cease to exist one day. But where's the hope in that? Where's the hope in all the pain and suffering? Where's the justice? Where's, there's no hope in any of that. And when I've been a Christian for a while, I try and think about that. And I couldn't imagine going through a day without hope. Without hope in that, that someone's conquered death. That person's Jesus. That would mean that everything meant nothing if you have no hope. But I guess in that sort of mindset, we just distract ourselves. We put things in our lives that will just distract us from the reality that one day we are going to die. But Christianity paints a different picture of death. It says, death is your enemy, but death has been defeated. It will not separate you from Christ. Though you die, you will be with Jesus. Where there is no pain, there is no suffering, there is no sin, there is no sadness. And you get a brand new body. And we know that to be true because Jesus defeated death, defeated our enemy. And here's the posture. Don't fear death. Instead, have your eyes fixed on Jesus, even in the face of death. The third posture that Stephen had. He says in in verse 60, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Stephen prays for forgiveness against the people who are actively throwing stones at him to the point of death. They are hurting him. He is forgiving them. You know what one of the hardest things to do in life is? Forgive. How do you forgive someone who is actively hurting you? How do you forgive someone who doesn't deserve it? And I think the only way you can forgive is by realizing the depth to which you have already been forgiven. There is a debt that you owe to the sin you've done to God. And when we don't own our sin, we're saying that we know better than God, that we are God and that that we are the judge, but that's wrong and that's sinful. Instead, Jesus pays that debt for us. It's crazy. Every time I I seem to, to preach on forgiveness, God seems to bring me through situations where I need to ask for forgiveness from people. And this week, that happened where, where God put me in a room and, and said, you know what you need to do. And it was to ask for forgiveness. And the thing is, when we, when we ask forgiveness, we feel a thousand times better because we're not meant to hold on to it. I think forgiveness needs to be a normal rhythm of our church because Jesus first forgave us. He is our example of how to forgive our enemies. And it means we need to confess, we need to repent. And we know in 1 John it says, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and pure us from all unrighteousness. 
We forgive others because Jesus has forgiven us. And this asking for forgiveness towards these people who are hurting Stephen, actually that prayer doesn't go unanswered. If you notice in, in verse 58, it said, there was a young man named Saul there. Now Saul was a persecutor of the church at that time. But we later find out that, that God answers Stephen's prayer because Paul or Saul and Paul ends up writing half our New Testament. God answers Stephen's prayer. So pray for your enemies. God can soften the, the hardest of hearts. So the three postures. He had a posture of surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. His posture was not to fear death. And he had a posture to forgive his enemies. And what I want all these postures to do is point you to the cross. Jesus' posture was to do the spirit-empowered will of the Father to the point of death on a cross. Jesus' posture was not to fear death, but instead to conquer death on the cross. And Jesus prays for forgiveness for the people who are crucifying him on the cross. And he provides a way for us to be forgiven. The story of Stephen points us to a picture of the cross. This story reminds us that that what Stephen is going through, Jesus already went through. Which means for you that no matter what God calls you to do in life, which maybe is to preach a sermon and die, maybe, Probably not, but he, he probably has something uniquely for you that he's calling you to do. But you've got to remember that Jesus already went through it. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly the emotional pain you might feel or are feeling. He knows the physical pain. He knows the pain of, of rejection that, that we sometimes all deeply feel. And here's what Jesus says. No matter who comes against you, I am for you. I gave my life for you. I am with you. I forgave you. I care for you. I am waiting for you. And ultimately, I love you. And at the cross is where we see Jesus defeated death. We believe that as a church. At the cross is where Jesus paved the way for you and I to be forgiven and that we can go in and turn forgive others. At the cross is where the greatest act of love that Jesus shed his blood for you happened. And at the foot of the cross is where we bring our fear, our anxiety, our sin, and our shame. And Jesus says, it's done. It's finished. I've I've forgiven it. You're not my enemy. You're forgiven. So be reminded of the cross today. And remember that because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit now. The same Holy Spirit that Stephen had. You have that gift in you to be able to empower you and strengthen you, give you boldness, and ultimately to point you to Jesus where you will one day spend eternity with. He did it for Stephen and he can do it for you. So let's be a church that seeks to Walk in the will of the the Father, led by the Holy Spirit. Let's be a church that would not fear death. And let's be a church that would forgive others and ask for forgiveness. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us and that you sent Jesus to die for our sin. 
Lord, I thank you that you've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to encourage us, to strengthen us, to give us boldness, and to point us ultimately back to you. Father, I pray that we would know that today and we would be able to see a glimpse of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that, that we don't have to fear death. I pray, God, that, that when death comes our way, that our eyes would be so fixed on you that there would be no fear. And Father, I pray that we would be a church that would, that would forgive because we've been forgiven because of you, Jesus. And Lord, that we would ask for forgiveness from people who we've hurt. And Lord, that that would be something we do often, that it would remind us and point us back to you, Jesus. We thank you that you love us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.